Hello and welcome to another episode of What to Watch on Netflix. My name is Jed Shepard and I am your host. Uh, for those who haven't listened before, this is a recommendation podcast. Um, it's a chance for you to kind of sit down and relax and let us uh, do all the picking for you. And it's not just about Netflix, even though that's in the name. Uh, I'm going to be talking about any streaming service out there. So it could be could be Netflix, it could be Amazon, it could be Hulu, it could be Shudder, it could be YouTube or anywhere else where you find streaming. Uh, my guest today because I have a guest every time, is Sonny Melhotra. Hello. How are you, Sonny? I'm good. I'm cold. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's chilly here, but yeah, I'm good. Do you want me, I can turn. I can turn. I no, 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 I'll be fine. Are you sure? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, good to have you. Good to be and, here. And uh, you, you do a multitude of things, but you also are a filmmaker. Yep. What you worked on that I kind of first knew you for was Elstree 1976. Mm-hmm. I was the director of photography on Elstree. Which yeah. great. So, so tell me about that project. Uh, so it's a documentary that on the surface is about Star Wars, yeah. but actually it's just about what it's like to have a brief touch with fame. We we interviewed um, 10 people who'd been in the original Star Wars, yeah. uh, filmed in the UK in 1976 in Elstree, yeah. and they, were, they ranged from people whose back of heads were on screen for a quarter of a second to the body of Darth Vader. Uh, played by Dave Prowse, the yeah. bodybuilder, um, and we talked to them about the impact that Star Wars had in their lives, and mm-hmm. not to give too much away, but I'd argue that it's not necessarily been good for them, oh, okay. most of them anyway. Um, it's quite difficult the idea of having that really you just tiny c- brush with fame, yeah, and not just any fame. The 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 most popular the biggest film fame. of all time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, I assume that those people are doing the Comic-Con circuits, even though that... Because people collect autographs and stuff, and and the most obscure people are probably the most rarest as well. So if, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, just because... Um, you're probably aware I did that uh, Cantina uh, gig um, in 2016, whereby we got a whole host of people who were random people in, in the Star Wars, just people who were in, like, the literal Cantina from Star Wars, people who were in Maz uh, castle and uh, they're milking it for all it's worth so I'm not surprised people <laughs> yeah. hear in the original well yeah I'm, they, and so they should uh, if people if people want to hear stories from set and if people want to meet these people mm-hmm. then why not yeah. make the most of it I mean don't don't exploit them but but you know if 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 you can bring a little bit of joy to someone's life by telling yeah. them what you consider to be a mundane story from what was just a week of your life in 1976, yeah, and you can make a little bit of money off that, yeah, fair play to you. Yeah. And were the people that you picked picked for any certain reasons, or were they the first ones you could find? Um, I wasn't involved in the picking of the subjects, yeah. but um, it's a little mixture of both. At first, it was, I think, the first we could find, and then yeah. Hank, the producer did an amazing job of sort of getting hold of all sorts of people. Yeah. Um, I do know that <laughs> uh, Dave Prowse wasn't going to do it until we were interviewing a lady. And then in, in between one of the breaks between filming, this lady called Pam uh, asked us whether we were going to interview Dave. Mm-hmm. We said, oh, no, he wasn't, he wasn't up for it. And she went, I'll call him now. I'll call him now. And she <laughs> calls him up, Dave, here's Hank. You're doing this film. And Dave's like, all right. Um, so it's a bit weird. They have their little fraternity, their... Yeah. their they're a little gang. 
you know, they're, they're joined by this weird thing that happened yeah. in 76. I mean, that it, no one knew was going to carry echo on till now. It's weird because, I mean, it's like um, people who went to war together. These mm. people went to war together. It just happened to be in a galaxy far, far away. Far, far away in northwest <laughs> yeah. London. Yeah. <laughs> and um, other people that were, because I haven't seen the documentary, I really should see this documentary because mm. it's right up my street. Um, other people in it, um, you said that it didn't kind of sit well with them or they, they is it because they, it's the hard, it's hard to top that if once you've done Star Wars where do you go from there even if you're in it for a millisecond there is nowhere else to go I except mean, for down absolutely it's 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 very much the peak of not necessarily the peak of their lives from their point of view yeah. but from an external point of view it's yeah. the peak of their lives so you know imagine you were an extra you're a jobbing jobbing actor in, in the late 60s yeah. and you get a bit part in a sci-fi film mm-hmm. um, you go and do it it's alright it turns out to be massive but whatever it's, you, know, you were nothing in it yeah. um, you go on to moderate success maybe you're on stage maybe you do some stuff with the Royal Shakespeare uh, and for you that's obviously worth a lot more you yeah, know, that's yeah, what yeah. you wanted to do that's, that's big but when you are at a dinner party in 1997 <laughs> and someone finds out that you were yeah. in Star Wars, that's all they care about. <laughs> like, that's it. It defines you. And yeah. some people have embraced that definition. And yeah. I don't think that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Some people have some people have embraced the idea that telling stories about that time brings joy to other people. And that's fine. That's yeah. great. But it's the ones who've let it really be them. Yeah, I don't think it's been healthy for them. My, my version of that, which is it, it's not like that, but my version is, um, I, I've had a minuscule success with all the little films I've done. But then the thing that pe- some people come up to me and goes, "Oh, like I, I really like that film you've done. Which one, Dawn of the Death? Like, no, uh, Birdemic Two, because I, I produced. You didn't do Birdemic Two, and I'm just like, that's the that's the thing, it's, which is almost the worst film on IMDb. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's, 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 it's right it's, down. I was gonna there. say up there, but yeah, it's down there. It's, yeah, it's right, down, right there. down there. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, I mean, I, I mean, I love the whole like, experience of um, almost purposely making the worst film of all time. But it's, it's full of like great things individually. But when someone comes up to you and they're just full of like awe of how can someone be involved with a crazy <laughs> thing like that? I mean, and it's almost like the complete opposite of uh, of this. But um, that's great. So, uh, do you have like a newfound love for for Star Wars, or do you do you now see it in a different light and you kind of hate? Uh, well, you know what, I. Gosh, this is embarrassing. I was never a huge Star Wars fan. Okay. I, I like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've never, I've, it's never, I, I was that generation that just kind of missed it. Yeah, I'm yeah, a bit yeah. too young. I'm definitely too young to have seen it first time around. Yeah, yeah. And my dad was a little bit too old to have really loved it the first yeah, time around. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't inherit that from him. Okay. You know, we, we watched them when we were, we were kids. Yeah. But no one around us really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely got a bit more of an appreciation for it since. Yeah, um, and going, it's weird going to Comic Cons, uh, and you must have been to Comic Cons. I, I do panels there, yeah, 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 yeah. present stuff there. So I'd never been to one before, and I was terrified. <laughs> the idea of filming one of these things filled me with dread. And uh, I went there, and it was just a bunch of happy people. It and it really was is. so lovely. Like, oh, it's, it's so nice. I was so out of my depth. <laughs> yeah, these are, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerdy guy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not, I'm not so deeply immersed. Comic-Con's great. It really Comic-Con is. There's so much yeah. love going on. I've never seen even the, the most minuscule bit of hate towards anything oh, ever there. Oh, so great. Yeah. Like this, it gets a little bit funky. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, unless, there's a lot of costumes, uh-huh. lots of warm costumes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but that aside the, yeah. the slight pervasive smell aside um it was amazing i had a great time yeah Yeah, that's that's great uh well well that kind of leads me on to my first choice of what to watch on netflix um and this is my first choice my first choice is called plastic galaxy are you aware of this documentary i've i've flicked through the picture yeah that's it so Plastic Galaxy uh, is about multiple toys, but the first episode is about the biggest toy of them all, and that's the Star Wars toys. Um, and it kind of tells you the story from uh, the time that George Lucas decided to kind of merchandise. It was, I mean, it, it wasn't the first uh, um, film line that kind of uh, decided to merchandise their product because there was things like the Bionic Man and all of those ones before. And maybe there were a few Star Trek ones as well. Uh, but Star Wars was obviously the one that everyone knew, knew about. And oh, just, yeah. I mean, I think it helped promote the film in those dark days when, when they were in between films um, and just became an absolute juggernaut and uh, made um, a small uh, company called Kenner where before that they weren't really doing much they were doing real small things and all of a sudden they won the Star Wars contract because they just gave um, George Lucas a, a better deal and then all of a sudden they had the biggest toys in the land and it, they can barely keep up that's why they um, and it tells you in this documentary they did the whole thing where they it's the vouchers yeah, I've well, heard of basically this. a cardboard yeah, box yeah. just with, yeah. with pictures of, of them all standing there it's like if you buy this cardboard box it qualifies you for buying the toys later on down the line yeah, yeah, yeah. And people, it was for Christmas right yeah. so people could get the box in time for Christmas exactly. and then redeem for toys yeah. Yeah, in January when the rush is off and imagine doing that now you, you'd, you'd be laughed out of, oh, out of the toy shop that's not that's what Kickstarter is <laughs> yeah, that's <is> true <laughs> which is what Elstree 976 did, didn't <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely yeah absolutely <laughs> um, but I mean a lot of people already know the story of Star Wars toys and and um and stuff and I was never real because again I was a little bit too young for uh, to collect Star Wars toys first time around I had a f- I had a sure. bits and bobs um I was more into like Thundercats because that was a few years later and then the kind of tail on the end of Transformers and things like that Thundercats yeah I love so Thundercats good. yeah and then the turtles obviously sight. yeah I had a sort of omens oh it is I want to put this out there right now there was a guy called Richard Ribeiro that I went to primary school with right and you know the end of school that's a great name Richard Ribeiro Richard Ribeiro yeah starring <laughs> Richard Ribeiro and he was my nemesis because oh, no. we both had sort of omens and, and do you know toy day in school the last day of term yeah 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 sure all bring you toys Absolutely. so we, we yeah. both brought in sort of omens my one was pristine brand new and his was just all beat up like sellotape all over it <gasps> he went home with you he went home with mine and I was left with his dodgy version so I, I was going home with my mum I was like I think Richard Ribeiro took my took my Sword of Omens she didn't know what Sword of Omens was so I had to convince her to call Richard Ribeiro's mum I was like no this is, this is serious and I was like six mum this is serious you need to sort this out excuse me Mrs Ribeiro <laughs> yeah so she, she called up mum and <laughs> Richard Ribeiro's mum went ballistic not at us at her own son because right. she was quite religious my son stole your sword he's going to get trouble anyway yeah. so we turned up at Richard Ribeiro's house and he looked like he'd been hit a lot of oh, times no. and he was like I'm really oh. sorry and uh, just like snarf snarf <laughs> yeah. sorry snarf but I mean if he actually used a sort of omens to see sight beyond sight like, he would have known what would have happened absolutely so. yeah yeah um, obviously not a true Thundercat exactly <laughs> shame. Uh, but there hasn't been a Thundercats episode of of um Plastic Galaxy just yet, but there's a there's a Barbie episode and there's um, a, a GI Joe episode. Uh, but the first episode is about Star Wars, and the interesting thing about the first episode and is um, there's a guy on it called Steve Sansweet who has the biggest collection of Star Wars toys in the world, right. um, and he owns this. Uh, 
a thing called a ranch Obi-Wan, which is uh, a massive ranch full of Star Wars toys. And he opens up to the public and, and every now and again, and he just has absolutely everything. And he came to my gig cantina in London and uh, he just bought, we, we made all this merch and he bought like multiples of, of each of them just wow. to bring back to his, even though ours weren't official, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, he brought it back for for his collection, so it was it was really cool seeing him um, on on this documentary. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone loves Star Wars, and and uh, this has been kind of I don't know if it's because of the algorithm of Netflix, but this keeps popping up even though I've, I've already seen it. So um, I thoroughly recommend it. It was it's just appeared on on Netflix probably about a month ago, um, and it's, yeah, as, and even if you're not into Star Wars, it's just one for fans of collecting things. Inter- amazing! It sounds yeah. great. Actually, I'd be really interested in seeing the Barbie episode. Oh yeah, for I mean, real. Well, yeah. Well, no. <laughs> stop, stop being laughing. Um, uh, no, just because the idea of the role that Barbie's played in in sort of the idea of what a girl looks at and thinks I should be like this, yeah, um, yeah. and obviously the changing attitudes towards that. It'd be yeah. interesting to see whether the, the episode covers that at all, or is it that yeah. deep, or is it is it more? Gotta be honest, I did skip that episode. Oh. <laughs> I did skip it because I'm not no interest in Barbies. I'm sure I'm sure it's great, but. Um, but now I feel bad, so I think yeah, I will go yeah, back. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm going to have a watch of all of it. Sounds great. And we'll swap notes. Um, okay, Sonny, what's your first choice? Okay, I'm starting strong. This is yeah. one of my favourite okay. TV shows of all time. Okay. Uh, and it came out in 2004, I think. Okay. Um, it's called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, fucking awesome. <laughs> it's, and, and at home, people listening to this, yeah. what will have happened is... 95% of people will have said, what the hell is that? Yeah. And 5% would have gone, oh, fucking yes. I haven't yeah. seen that in ages. Yeah, oh at God. last someone's done it on oh, the show. Oh, yeah. so good. It was a show... Now, this gets a bit complicated. Yeah, go for it. Try. Okay, I'm, so I'm waiting for you to try and explain it. It was filmed in 2004. <laughs> right, yeah. But it was made to look like it was originally filmed in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And... But then the, the episodes have been lost or ignored, depending on which side you believe. Um, and then Channel 4 had finally got the balls to show this show yeah. in 2004, because yeah. uh, it was so ahead of its time in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, the lead actors in the show Garth Marenghi's Dark Place yeah. are uh, people called uh, uh, Dean Lerner yeah. um, and uh, Garth Marenghi, who's a <laughs> horror writer. Yeah. But they are played by real people in 2004. Uh, Matt Holness. Yeah. Um, uh, Alice Lowe is in yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Matt Berry's in it. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, uh, Richard Iodi. Richard Iodi, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was actually written by Richard Iodi and, and Matt Holness. Yeah, yeah. And so it is a pastiche 1980s uh, mm-hmm. horror Horror hospital drama, show, yeah. horror drama. <laughs> it is intentionally terrible. Yeah. It's fantastic. I it's interspersed it. with interviews of these people who allegedly filmed it in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking absolute bollocks. Uh, it's, <laughs> I, I, I cannot recommend it heartily yeah. enough. There's only six episodes. I know. It's not, it's not a time investment at all. It's easy watch. You can, it's super easy watching. Yeah. It's, it's one of the few things I will sit through four ODs yeah. adverts for. I, I've watched, the Garth Marenghi um, start place maybe at least 15 to 20 times and um, there's, a, there's a lot of things to love with the fact is set in Romford it's a hospital in Romford <laughs> yeah, that's like, the gates of hell okay. yeah it's, the gateway to hell is underneath this hospital in Romford which yeah. is I've been to Romford yeah. it's not a million miles off <laughs> it's, it's pretty accurate uh, yeah and um, I think, it's so badly shot but I mean yeah, it's on so purpose. On, on purpose yeah, yeah. yeah I mean it's 
it takes skill to shoot something that badly. Yeah, yeah. There's shots where there's headspace. So the, 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 the framing of the character, they, they are halfway <laughs> um, down. Yeah. And there is just half this empty space on a, on a TV screen above them. Did they shoot um, that on digital and just, and just make it look like? I, um, I don't know. Old school. I, I suspect, I suspect it will have been. Yeah. 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 Um, it is, the sound is amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the audio is, allegedly done by the producer it's not it's done by a real audio producer but um it's allegedly done by richard odie's character called um uh dean learner deanatronics (laughs) full music deanatronics based on melodies originally whistled by garth Marenghi. Uh, Um, i think a lot of the music was really done by um um um, what's his name matt berry isn't it uh, he did do some of it but yeah there is there was an actual composer as well ah. uh, but yeah matt berry's character is fabulous you know um uh, my friend's band did a cover of um uh, one track lover i'm a one track <laughs> lover and i did the rap bit for them as well smooth oh can you please do it i'm not gonna do it now smooth like ice cold to the touch and it's not very nice you yeah. do a very good job of it um, uh, i i could i could sit and do impressions <laughs> of of dean lerner watch out he's got a stick like I could do this all day, yeah. and only five percent of the listeners will know. What I I'm mean, doing. I I often break into impressions of of Garth Marenghi, blood, <laughs> blood, blood, and bits of sick. So yeah, Garth Marenghi is this he's this horror writer, yeah, and he's had these he's had this TV show made, and it was garbage at the time, yeah. and then then it's been shown in two thousand and four, and. Oh, I cannot recommend it enough. And it's it really, so good. It really isn't a lot of your time. So, um, as you know, um, I did a, um, a film with Alice Lowe um, in August. Day one, within the first one second of meeting her, I was like, um, hey, Alice, thanks for being in, in, in my film. Uh, can we talk about Garth Moringa's Dark Place? And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And I was like, have you got to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the next week, I, I was just like episode by episode, almost just was quizzing her about just her time on set and just the stuff she did and little stories. And I, I was just like, "This is a dream. This oh. is a dream." Just get, get in the she, background what, stuff. What's the name of the actress she plays in the show? Um, name of the character? Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's Nurse. I can't. I can't, I can't remember. remember. No, no, not not in the Goth Marine. This is difficult. There's two layers. Yeah. What yeah. is her first <laughs> character? I've forgotten. What the, She's an. I can't remember. Well, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. so there's, there's the the running thing is that this actress has disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and and they can't get her back for the interviews. So Alice Lowe's character isn't there for these interviews. Yeah. Um. And there's a line in it where they talk about how she disappeared. Yeah. And. <laughs> Uh, Richard Iodi's character, Dean Lerner, who also plays Thornton Reed, yeah. um, has a line that's, she was like a candle in the wind. Unreliable. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, oh God. It's just ironic because she's very, very reliable. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, just just the cast alone is just in- incredible. And I know those guys are working on another project. Is uh, Matthew Holness working on it? Y- yeah, I hope he is. Yeah. Because... I feel that his IMDb page is unjustly underpopulated since he, Garth Marenghi. He has, I think he's got quite a few things coming up. He's got Good. a film that's I'm been really funded that I, f- I believe, if this is now there, I'm really sorry, but I, f- I think Alice is in it and I think a bunch of other people are in it. Um, and then there are, yeah, um, and I think it's a horror film, so which is so it's good. And I think he's got another project that I read about recently. Um, but just all of those guys, just support all of those. I mean, Richard Iodi is doing well by himself. Oh, of course. And yeah, Matt yeah. Berry is doing well with Toast in London. Yeah, I mean, if you enjoy Matt Berry's character in the IT crowd, 
Yeah. I feel like you will love Garth Marenghi. Yeah. If you enjoyed The Mighty Boosh, yeah. you will love Garth Marenghi. <laughs> yeah. um, absolutely love Garth Marenghi. Yeah. Um, and if you enjoyed Spaced, if you liked Spaced, and if you didn't like Spaced, you're wrong. <laughs> but if you liked Spaced, you should watch Garth Marenghi. And it's on, it's on 4OD. So I know that the idea of this show is that it's things to watch on streaming. Yeah. But... If you ever get the chance to watch Garth Marenghi on DVD, and I think it's only DVD, I don't think it's ever been released on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, do, because it's got director's commentary. Yeah. But the director's commentary isn't done in Rich Doody's voice or Matt, Matthew Holness's voice or Matt Berry's voice. It's done in their first layer of characters' yeah. voices. <laughs> and so Matt Berry's character turns up to the recording drunk <laughs> and has arguments with his wife on the phone in the so hallway. Good. So good. There's bits that they can't remember filming. <laughs> they are disgusting sort of 80s sexists all yeah. the way through it. It mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah. So good. It's, it's just like having an, another six episodes just of, of new material. Absolutely. Which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for, for that choice. That's, that's brilliant. I've always wanted to do it, but like um, for some reason it has never come up. Um, okay. For my next choice on what to watch Netflix, um, it actually is on Netflix again, um, and it's a film called Good Time. Yeah. Are you aware of this film? I'm not. So Good Time was something um, that was kind of, I think it was in Sundance when we were in Sundance with Dawn the Deaf um, earlier in 2017. Um, and it's just appeared on Netflix in the last couple of weeks. And um, it's one of those films that you kind of, it's kind of a word of mouth film because I haven't really seen much about it in terms of press or anything like that. Um but it's about these two brothers who are criminals, um, and uh, they are very sketchy, and they shouldn't be characters that you're you kind of invest in because they're drug dealers and they they rob places, and, you, and the first thing you see is them robbing somewhere. Um, but the, one of the brothers is Robert Pattinson, so you see him in the most opposite role you could ever get from his Twilight days. <laughs> he is uh, a really sketchy looking uh, guy who. Um, is basically um, in it to kind of get what he can, and and it's, it's just a, not a very good, nice person. But what one thing that is is a redeeming feature is he cares about his brother, and his brother. Uh, they robbed a bank, and um, his brother got caught because his his brother is slow in in multiple ways, um, and so he he all he wants to do is get his brother out of prison somehow. So this story follows Robert Pattinson's attempt to, um, first of all, raise money in any way he can right. to pay bail. And then that's, and that idea doesn't go very well. So he just wants to break him out any, any way he can. Um, and if you can imagine a kind of, kind of almost like a Steven Soderbergh type crime caper, but mixed with the real, real grittiness of someone who doesn't have the, the capabilities of, of Steven Soderbergh, um, then, then this is for you. It's, it's got, Real sketchy things happen. So um, not only is he a drug dealer, um, a criminal, bank robber, he also, for some reason, um, hides out at this random woman's house who he just meets, and she has a real young daughter. And uh, he basically gets with this really young daughter. I'm not sure how old she's meant to be, like 16 or 17 or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, I think it's so he can use her phone. I think that's the, oh, it's so messed up. Um, but through, throughout all of this, it's, it's quite a dark um, piece, but there's so much comedy in it. And, and it's real bleak comedy, but um, it's so entertaining. I'm, I'm, I can't recommend it enough. And it's on Netflix right now. And it's, um, it's only 90 minutes long, so... 
it's right up there. Um, are you a fan of Robert Patterson's kind of renaissance? As I, a, I have not embraced the not? renaissance, no, uh, <laughs> at all. No, I can okay. I can only see him with sparkly face. Um, yeah, and I just I just think he is one of the the most prime talents out of him wow. and Kristen Stewart. I think they're both doing so well because per, have you seen Personal Shopper? No, I haven't. It's Kristen Stewart's a personal shopper, but also she's hunting for the ghost of her dead brother. <laughs> that it's, is what, what an elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I came up with that. Um, <laughs> and she's just doing great film after great film. Um, yeah, I love both of them. Um, oh. Yeah, so that's my second choice of what to watch on Netflix. That is definitely, I mean, it sounds like a film that I would have dismissed offhand. Yeah. Probably just because of Robert Patterson. Yeah, but if you... It's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. I've got to be a little bit less judgmental. Yeah, exactly. He really is doing good things and he's making good choices. Whoever his agent is, is doing the exact right thing. Um, Yeah. So what's your your next choice? Um, My next choice is a little bit more of a curveball. Okay. Uh, I'm excited. So it's called Ikea Heights, okay. which is a slightly strange name, I guess. Yeah. Um, the show gets its name because it is filmed entirely in and entirely without the permission of <laughs> Ikea. Yeah. Uh, American Ikea. A few different Ikeas. They had to start moving around. So it was a web series. I believe it was done in 2010, 2008. Wow. Okay. It's pretty damn old. There yeah. was only seven episodes of it ever made. Okay. Um, it's uh yeah it was all it was all filmed guerrilla style in in an ikea and it mm-hmm. is a crappy uh soap opera yeah uh, in the style of sunset boulevard or um <laughs> whatever yeah any any american like trash yeah, absolute yeah. trash in all the, inside an ikea all inside an active ikea with with <laughs> the members of the public walking around no all the time so in the first 2 minutes of the first episode yeah there someone Someone is caught cheating on their husband. Um, there's like money worries in another couple. Uh-huh. There is a photography business that's obviously filmed in in the photography department of IKEA. <laughs> there's just a guy standing in front of a bunch of prints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's also a contract killer. <laughs> and that is two minutes, one like one minute fifty eight seconds in, all I'm of that sold. has occurred. It is incredible. Um, and there's yeah, this entire time there's members of the public walking around. There is a scene where a detective is on the hunt for, for the killer. Yeah. Um, and his entire investigation scene is all long shots of him going around Ikea, just asking the public questions. <laughs> I mean, he's quite clearly just asking directions around an yeah, Ikea. Yeah. But like long lenses or it's something. It's played like... off. I mean, it feels like it was all shot on like home video cameras. Okay. They okay. Are, it's not well made. Okay. It is. I, f- I like it even more now. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not. There's nothing polished about it at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, not even an attempt to polish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so this guy, just this detective going around asking people in the store questions yeah, there's yeah. two episodes that end prematurely because ikea kicked them out and that's <laughs> you know that's that's part of it that that occurs in the show um there's a lady named whitley whitley yeah, whitney avalon mm-hmm. uh who has had quite a lot of internet fame she's in a lot of okay famous video like there's a famous picture of a lady at um uh a halloween party painted black and white so she okay. looks like she's in a black and white photo that's her oh. she's been in the princess rap battles okay which were you know they got millions and millions of views on youtube yeah, yeah, yeah. um and she's in she's in the future she's actually in uh an american trash show called days of our lives right okay totally totally but yeah um again the episodes are five minutes long nice. there's only seven of them yep it's not going to take you long to rinse through all of these mm-hmm. but if you want to watch something that is 
a really interesting idea. Like, it's not good. Yeah. It's clearly not good. <laughs> um, but it's not supposed to be good. It's just, it's almost an exercise. You know, these are yeah. quite obviously just a bunch of actors in LA who are at a bit of a loose end. Yeah, yeah. And they've got a camera and they're like, you know what, let's just do something with no budget other than the gas it takes to get to... So did this get attention at the time? And Was it quite well-known or...? Um, I think for the time it came out, it did well. I didn't, yeah. It didn't get huge numbers of views. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It, it wasn't big. It. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's just yeah. it's, so, it's so sweet. It's such a lovely idea. This, idea, this thing that they went into a, a public place and yeah. just filmed this... Stupid show. Do you know, it's great. Do you know someone did that? Um, have you seen? I think it's called Escape from Tomorrowland. The um, no, someone know. basically made a film in uh, Disneyland without telling Disney. That's great. And it's like a sci-fi <laughs> horror type thing with it's a horrible dystopian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I can um, imagine it. And then they made full film with this proper narrative, like ninety minutes long, and um, people were like, "Okay, this is great, but you can never release this because Disney will sue, sue you because mm. they're famously litigious." litigious yeah. um, but it went out and it's on Netflix right now, so you can oh, you can actually watch what it. What was it called again? Uh, I think it's called Escape from Tomorrowland. Escape from Tomorrowland. Or Escape from Tomorrow good. or something. Um, it's really, really well done. Oh, it's so up my street. It's great. So they, they, they film on rides and they, they, they're inside the Disney Hotel at one point and... And they explicitly refer to Disney all the time in Mickey Mouse, and you see people in the background, and right. um, it's really well. It's actually really well made. I'm sure they filmed it on like GoPros and like phones and stuff, but it looks really good. And it's black and white as well, so it looks like a film noir, absolutely, yeah, a little yeah. bit. So, and that also takes some of the edge off, off the um, camera work as well if it's black and white. And it definitely, definitely does. <laughs> I just watched that episode of Black Mirror last night. Yeah, and I was thinking, this it looks so good. This yeah. Garbage if it was in colour. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, that, that's funny. That's that's a great choice, by the way. I'm definitely going to uh, look into it. Um, but it's actually made me change what my final choice is going to be Ooh, based dear. on that. Okay. Um, so my final because I want to, I actually want to do something that's a YouTube series too. Um, have you heard of Marble Hornets? No. Okay. So it's 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 around the same time actually, about 2010 2011. Um, these videos started appearing on on YouTube. Um, just named Marble Hornets. And the first video explains that um, uh, these friends uh, were making a film, a student film, basically, but then the director went missing. They right. went they went looking for him, and they went to his house, and they found a box full of VHS, um, okay. which is what they thought the film was. So the, his best friend decided to upload all the videos and all the footage onto YouTube, um, just because they're worried about their friend and they want to find him and just so it's somewhere. And then, so he starts uploading these videos and then strange things happen in the videos. Like you see footage from the actual film that we're trying to make. Sure. But then you see footage of like the guy, the director in his bedroom, like talking to cameras, like there's someone outside, there's someone following. And you kind of see something in the distance following him. And essentially it turns out it's, it's basically based on Slender Man. Right. And there's about 87 videos, um, little snippets, but it's done so well. And it's such a slow burn of, um, Slender Man reveals 
Um, and these guys are genius because um, not only did they do the, uh, do it across one YouTube account, they, they did response videos and with extra information. Oh, and there's loads of like codes clever. built into it. Yeah, and then and at the time they were kind of a, a little bit of a sensation on, on the um, Comic Con circuit. Sure. Um, I can't believe I've never heard of this before. This is this is the thing. I was only introduced to it maybe like a month ago. No, not a month ago. About a year ago. Um, and I'm surpr- And it was actually kind of collected together and semi made into a documentary. Um, I think it's on Amazon. I don't know, um, but because obviously there's a new Slenderman film coming out quite soon, I think people will start revisiting Marble Hornets. Um, it's just, like some of the things are like um, the director gets home, he's filming for some reason, and he's walking through his house, and then you see in one of the rooms there's someone sitting down on a sofa who's like really tall, and then it cuts off, and, you just, and it just scares you just just the thought of that someone's just waiting in your house and he's mega tall. Um, <laughs> But yeah, well, what do you think of all the Slenderman stuff? Um, um, well, it's it's funny how something that, as a description, shouldn't be that scary yeah. is it's, it's quite haunting. Yeah, even though we specifically know it's it's made up yeah. on a, on, a, on a forum, it's still pretty. Yeah, there's something. It's, uh, it's interesting. People's desire to be scared. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's so universal. People yeah. are curious. People want to kind of push that tooth they know that aches or you know people kind of need to feel that weird thing that they don't really want to feel but you need to know it's there Um, and Slenderman does a really good job of that by being scary and imposing but but not explicitly being scary I guess it's like you know it's like the it's hands down the scariest bit of Blair Witch Project for me is right at the end when someone's standing in the corner of the room facing away yeah and it shouldn't be there's no reason that someone standing still facing away from you should be scary yeah, it is. it is. Oh my yeah. god, it's 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 absolutely like terrifying. legit. If 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 I go anywhere and someone's not saying anything, standing in the corner of the room facing away from me, nope. I'm out of there. No, nope. yep, get nope. out of there. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> back away. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think Slenderman's oddly similar to to that bit of Blair Witch. Yeah, um, I didn't know there was a film coming out. There is. A, I think it's called Slenderman. Yeah, who's it? Who's it being made by? Oh, I think there's quite a lot of money thrown at it. Oh, um, see, I'd want it cheap. I feel They'll like probably the make it look, the better. I think they're going to try and make it look cheap. But, yeah, um, okay. I mean, there hasn't been a definitive film. There's been a, a documentary, a couple of documentaries about Sunny Man, but there ha- and an HBO documentary as well. But there hasn't been a, a definitive film. And it, to me, it's like it, it's an internet sensation. So eventually, there will be. And I think people, there hasn't been a big, like a big bad like horror kind of bad guy for a long time we've got Freddy yeah. we've got Pinhead we've got Jason we've got Mike, Mike, Michael people Myers people do try and do it so yeah. that, that Babadook came out which was good yeah. but it's not a, like a recurring character it's, 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 not, it's last. not yeah I mean yeah. The people try all the time like the, that Hatchet the Victor Crowley from Hatchet that mm. guy it doesn't quite fit but I no. think Slenderman's the nearest we've got to a, a present day Freddy Krueger yeah um yeah. So yeah, so, um, so that's my choice. Marble Hornets, all available, and honestly, spend an entire day watching all eighty-seven because they're very short, and it will just transport you to a world of terror. <laughs> Isn't that great? The idea that you can have that immersion—you can—it's not just a movie. It's that you go into that oh, that profile yeah. and, and see all the videos they've put out and and. The webs that kind of come out of exactly because it is that's, like, that's more scary. It's in, yeah. it's involving. It's engrossing. That's exactly the interactive element of it, where you've got to like click on like answer videos to find out clues yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. And even now, uh, I watched something the other day where people have only figured out some of the clues from the early videos because these these people who put them together they weren't messing around. There's multiple layers of clues as to what's going on and. Um, 
uh, there's one video where there are um, like flashes of light, and only now they've worked out that that was Morse code. It's it's it's, it's amazing. So far up my street. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's Marble Hornets on YouTube, all free, all great. Um, and that brings us to your final choice. It does, and going from scares to scares, it works. Uh, so my final choice is. Uh, a film called Eden Lake, yeah. which is available on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an out-and-out horror film, yeah. uh, thriller. It's like all of the scariest horror films, it's set in the real world. There's yeah. no supernatural element at play. Mm-hmm. Um, it is mildly problematic as a movie <laughs> yes. in that the baddies are some lower class kids. It was called um, a hoodie horror when it came out. Do you remember that? Oh, I a don't. I did. And that's hoodie bad. Horror. Yeah, that's, that's, that's bad. <laughs> so the, the baddies are some lower class kids and the goodies are a middle class white couple. Yeah. Um, if you can look past that, yeah. what you've got is one of the most intensely scary mm-hmm. films I've ever seen. I, I completely uh, agree. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. It is... Oddly, it's not actually that gory nope. whilst being very suggestive and yeah. and and nasty i mean your imagination can take you to places <sighs> that cinema can't so. there is yeah i mean there, there is there is immolation there's a lot of, there's a lot of off-screen injury and death yeah um and yeah your imagination really runs riot on those mm-hmm. uh it's got a lot of it's a british film it's got a lot of that same vibe that the movie descent had yes you're right yeah um a kind of british sense of dread that only we can do yes absolutely <laughs> um yeah it's 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 a uh, michael fassbender and uh kelly riley yeah are the, are the two leads and they go and try and have a nice camping weekend away mm-hmm. um and some youths, some local youths, cause some trouble. And Michael Fassbender doesn't necessarily deal with them in the best way. Yeah, he would now, I reckon. He's he's, he's quite buff now, but yeah, <laughs> that's true. They might they might piss off. Yeah, but uh, so they they rile up these kids slightly, and they are kids. Yeah, I mean these guys are range from about thirteen to sixteen, mm-hmm. um, and the kids kick back and. It ends horribly for, for everyone involved. <laughs> it's, it's so bleak. You're not going to come out feeling good afterwards. No, yeah, but yeah. you will come out thinking, this is a great film. This oh. is a great film. Um, even if you're not really into horror, I think this is one... It's, do you know Agreed. what? They, the Daily Mail would love this. Um, in, in, <laughs> in the kind of best possible way. Ban this because, hoodie filth. Yeah, because they, they, would, they would just be like, see, we told you. We told you kids are bad and people who wear hoodies are bad. And... Um, <laughs> Look at this lovely blonde couple <laughs> trying to have a holiday ruined by yeah. scum. They're just trying to be uh, middle class and white in public, and this yeah. is what happens to them. This is what happens when you let poor people in forests. Yeah. Damn it! No, no, God, I didn't say that. That's a Daily Mail. Um, yeah, no, that is that is in my problem. In my opinion, the biggest problem with the movie is that it's it, it goes out of its way to paint an incredibly negative light of very specifically lower class people. Um, but if it is also a unrealistic horror film Uh, if you can if you can look past that Mm -hmm. that downside yeah uh, it is a brilliant brilliant film and if you want to be a bit scared or a lot scared or a little bit traumatised yeah heartily recommend it yeah it's on Netflix it'll only take up an hour and 
30 of your life yeah um, and I also thoroughly two thumbs up to, to Ethan Lake and it's one of the films when people ask me Jed you know a lot about films and, and you've got podcasts about it what films would you recommend and like Ethan Lake is right up there right up there I made a, 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 I got a hard drive and filled it full of films that I wanted a, a friend of mine to, to kind of have a, a basics of like horror films of what horror I would like um, and Ethan Lake was on there it's it's great and just just imagine like people don't consider British films um, in terms of horror because there's not been very recently there's not been very many good was, British horrors there I was Kill List Kill List yeah and, and not everyone loved that yeah, I thought it was great I, I, loved, I loved it but there's, there's not been many yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think Alice Lowe was doing um, right back to Alice Prevenge is one of those British films that's kind of uh, and she um, did Sightseers, which wasn't really a horror yeah. film. Horrific elements. Horrific it, elements, yeah. but yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like British horror. I mean, I mean obviously myself and, and Rob Sowers is trying to put Britain on the map, even though we're going to America to film stuff. Uh, <laughs> you have to. Um, but yeah, thanks for that choice. And, and that's Hello. our final choice of what to watch on Netflix today. And I think most of the choices are on Netflix, if not YouTube. So quite easily. 4OD for Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Ah, uh, yeah. I think it's also uh, on Shudder as well, maybe. Oh, I don't use that, but... Um, um, go for it, watch it. That's yeah. my, out, of my, out of my three, That if you have to watch one of these things, Garth Marie's top list. Yeah, it's, it's just perfect. Um, great. And if people wanted to find out more about you and to kind of like tell you what they thought of your choices, how do they get in touch? They can tweet me at yep. Photosunny, which is P-H-O-T-O-S-O-N-N-Y. Yeah. Um, or well, that's it. That's the only way to talk to me. <laughs> don't, don't you dare call me. Uh, yeah, actually, no, just tweet me. Just actually, because uh, um, your number is really easy to find on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my number is incredibly easy to find because yeah, you, know, you Google my name, you find my website, and my website has my number. Yeah, I've only ever had one prank caller. Oh god, okay. I just opened the floodgates. You've, haven't you I? really have, what yeah, an idiot. But you never know; these people might prank you and then say, "Oh, do you want to?" take some photos or something and here's loads of money if you'll pay me I will deal with whatever abuse you want to throw at me on the phone that's fine this is a new service pay for abuse yes um, yeah Yeah. I've met a girl who does that actually Um, (laughs) so yeah thanks very much for being on the show really really appreciate it I haven't seen you for a while since uh, uh, Get Cape Wear Cape Fly Get Cape Wear Cape gig in Southend and he's back Yeah. back yeah I haven't listened to the new album yet is it good yeah it's amazing yeah should have really done the tapes for it Sam get in touch what's going on I haven't seen Sam in a while um, he came here and we got very very drunk for a very long time it was it was, it was great fun um, great uh, well thanks very much for coming on lovely to be here yeah and guys out there if you want to find out what I'm doing next or just to see what I'm uh, up to on social networks go to Jed Shepherd at Jed Shepherd J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D uh, postpoprecords.com postpoppodcast.com and yeah rate, review, subscribe and I will see you next time thanks guys bye bye